Hello there, I am Melanie Newton and this is Series 17 of Satisfied. The Series 17 podcasts cover the Lifestyle Disciple Making blog series on MelanieNewton.com. Not every Christian woman will become a director, a coordinator, or a small group leader, but every Christian woman from 15 to 95 can become a disciple maker. What we need are the tools and encouragement to do so. That is what we'll be exploring together in this series of blogs. The blogs are adapted from the book, Leap Into Lifestyle Disciple Making. You can find this book at my website, melanienewton.com, as well as at Amazon and most online bookstores. Here is what we will explore in Series 17 of Satisfied. We're going to learn how to connect with non-believers around us, share our faith in Christ with them in various ways, and personally disciple new and young believers, both inside and outside the local church. This is Episode 1 of the Lifestyle Disciple Making Series. In this podcast, I invite everyone listening to me to leap into lifestyle disciple making. Ready to take the leap? I'll start with my story. It was the second week of visiting a new church that I visited the women's Sunday school class for the first time. While several women who had arrived early were visiting across the table, another woman walked into the room and basically tossed a large binder on the table in front of us all. We need to do this, she said, with emphasis. Unknown to me, this was the planning meeting for the women's ministry for the coming year. The title of the book was this, The Disciple-Making Ministry Guide for Women in Leadership. My heart just leaped. Only six months earlier, I realized I knew a lot about the Bible and Bible studies, but I knew very little about connecting with non-believers and teaching new Christians. Back in my college days, when I first began to follow Jesus, I was part of a disciple-making ministry on campus. I wanted to be part of that again. When I saw that book, I was drawn to find out more. Jesus led me to do that. Over the next few days, I contacted the author of the book, who happened to be the women's ministry leader for the denomination of the church we were visiting. Disciple-making was being pushed throughout the denomination, and most districts had someone who was leading the charge for the women in her district churches. I discovered that our district, which included Texas and Oklahoma, did not have a women's disciple-making leader. So I applied for the position, was accepted, and began a wonderful journey of training women for disciple-making in more than 24 churches throughout Texas and Oklahoma over the next three years. That desire for disciple-making has continued well beyond my tenure as the women's leader for that association of churches. And my desire to bring others with me has not waned. Over the past decade, I have met many women who can relate to my experience of not knowing how to connect with non-believers any longer. What happens is this, we can get stuck in discipleship. Let me explain. It happens over time in large and small Bible studies. Women are excited to study God's Word. 
As their knowledge accumulates, they often get snippy about the study questions or their assigned group or the table decorations. I have seen it happen among godly women in very successful Bible studies, women who love Jesus. I call it restlessness because we easily get stuck in discipleship and forget our purpose for disciple making. I believe that is Jesus calling us back to our purpose. Christian women can get stuck in the learning that helps them grow as Jesus followers and enjoying comfortable community. They lose sight of what Jesus has commissioned us to do, make disciples as he did. Thankfully, the current disciple-making movement in evangelical Christianity is drawing mature Christian women with Bible knowledge, like me, probably like you, towards what Jesus had in mind for us all along. We are to connect with non-believers and personally disciple believers, new believers, growing believers, both inside and outside the church. Like I said earlier, not every Christian woman will become a director or coordinator or a small group leader, but every Christian woman from 15 to 95 can become a disciple maker. What we need are the tools and encouragement to do so. That is what we'll be exploring together in this Lifestyle Disciple Making series of blogs. Many women like you and I are longing for more direction in our walks of faith than attending a weekly Bible study and the annual Christmas brunch. That longing is a desire put in our hearts by God's Spirit to fulfill the purpose we have while on earth serving the Lord Jesus in our daily lives. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling me. His commission to his followers to make disciples is given to everyday people like you and I are. Our disciple-making mission is fulfilled in the everyday world in which each of us lives and moves and has our being. That means disciple-making should be part of our lifestyle. It helps if our churches give us the training and encouragement to make disciples where we live and work and play. But lifestyle disciple-making is not dependent on church programs. As you will see in this blog series, lifestyle disciple-making is for individuals. It is something you pursue in your life. You open yourself to the Lord Jesus to join him on his mission in your everyday life. Since Jesus is the one calling you to join him on mission every day, then he will enable you to do what he asks you to do. And it might even be fun. Just relax, trust in him, and begin an adventure that transforms lives and ministries. We will learn from him just how we can make lifestyle disciple making a reality in our own lives. Let's start with this truth. Christianity is Christ. Christianity is not a lifestyle or rules of conduct. It is not a society whose members are initiated by the sprinkling or covering of water. Christianity is about Christ and our relationship with Him. Here is our theme for this Lifestyle Disciple Making blog series. Jesus Christ calls you to a new life, clothes you with Himself, commissions you with a purpose, and empowers you to fulfill that purpose. 
to follow him as his disciple and to live for him as a disciple maker. Let us unpack each of those phrases. First one, Jesus calls you to a new life. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says this, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We are called to live a new life. That is so perfectly described in this quote from Major Ian Thomas, who was a famous Bible teacher from the 1900s. Listen to what he said about Christ. He gave his life for you so he could give his life to you so he could live his life through you. That is the gospel in a nutshell. He gave his life for you. When you believe in him, he gives his life to you. For everyday living, he lives his life through you. Have you accepted Jesus' invitation to give you a new life? If not, you can do so today, right now. Tell God that you trust in Jesus' death on the cross to pay for your sins and his resurrection from the dead to give you new life. Tell somebody you did that so they can rejoice with you. The moment you trust in Jesus, you receive complete forgiveness of sins and this wonderful new life he offers you. You were called to a new life through the gospel. But there's more. Jesus clothes you with himself. With this new life, you get a new identity. You are in Christ. When God looks on you, he sees his son, Jesus. By accepting God's gift of salvation, you accept being clothed with Christ. That is what it says in Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Okay, now I want you to do something with me, as long as you're not driving, okay? Hold your left hand upright and make a fist. That represents you. Take your right hand and cover your left hand fist. Your right hand represents Christ. You are clothed with Christ now. Being clothed with Christ, you and I are the walking, talking, visible representatives of the invisible God. We ring out the gospel message to other people like a relay station does. That is how Paul described it to the Thessalonians in chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. The Thessalonians were like relay stations that not only received the gospel message, but sent it farther on its way with increased power and scope. That applies to us too. Jesus clothes you with himself and Jesus commissions you with a purpose. We actually have a twofold purpose. Our first purpose is to follow him as his disciple. And the second part of our purpose is to live for him as a disciple maker. So let's look at number one, to follow him as his disciple. Jesus continually invited his disciples with the words, follow me. Mark chapter two, verse 14 says this, as Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Here is what happened in John chapter 1 after Jesus was baptized. 
The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. To the crowd following him, he said this in John chapter 12, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servant also will be. His invitation to follow him was an invitation to be a disciple. A disciple is an active follower or learner. To follow Jesus as his disciple means that you make the choice to learn from Jesus through what is taught in the Bible and apply those teachings to your life, trusting him to help you do that. Remember the Thessalonians I referenced earlier? The gospel rang out from them to many others. They were committed disciples of Jesus. We know this because of what Paul said about them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. They were active learners of God's truth and applied what they learned in their own lives. You can do the same. Through obedience to God's word and humility, you will see Jesus living his life through you, influencing those around you. That influence fits the second part of your purpose. Remember, the first part is to follow him as his disciple. The second part is to live for him as a disciple maker. Jesus' plan all along was for his disciples to become disciple makers. This is what he said to them in Mark chapter 1. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. As they chose where and when and how to do their work as fishermen, they would also learn from Jesus how to draw people into the gospel net. Then, after his resurrection, Jesus gave them the commission to go do it in Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. That is the fishing for men and women and boys and girls. When Jesus gave that command to his followers to go and make disciples, it was not to ordain preachers. It was not to hire church staff. It was not to missionary organizations. Jesus gave that command to average, everyday kind of people like you and I are, as we are willing to let him live his life through us. The commission is for lifestyle disciple-making, not leave it to the professionals disciple-making. Jesus commissions us with this purpose. Here is the truth. Jesus' followers become disciple-makers, but not on your own. Jesus empowers you to fulfill that purpose. Jesus empowers you for lifestyle disciple-making. Remember what he said as he was leaving his disciples behind in Acts chapter 1? 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. A witness tells what they have seen, heard, touched, felt, and experienced. The Holy Spirit enables you to be a witness of the truth about Jesus. And Paul said, we work hard with Christ's energy in us. This is what he said in Colossians chapter one. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, that's Christ's, which so powerfully works in me. Partnership with someone who is far greater than our weak selves. That is what Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 says too. Now to him, Christ, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. You and I can become a disciple maker, not because we are so great or really smart. A disciple maker is not someone who has to have been a Christian a long time or someone who knows the Bible really well. Jesus makes us able to do what he has called us to do. We must choose to live dependently on his power by faith. We live by faith in every area of our lives, including disciple making. This is what God wants for us. Faith always pleases him. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A life of faith in someone who loves you and is living through you. The Holy Spirit in us gives us everything we need to be a disciple maker for Jesus as part of our daily lives. We are simply to obey Jesus and trust his spirit to work through us. Can it be scary? Yes, but being scared is a good thing. It makes us rely on him more. Go ahead and say it right now. Lord, I cannot do this on my own, but you can in me. I will trust you to make me a disciple maker for you. Then watch what he does. Jesus followers become disciple makers. I can hear you asking in your puzzled voice, I've heard of discipleship. Isn't that the same as disciple making? Well, you are right. Most of us are familiar with the term discipleship. We talk about discipleship in our churches. Discipleship is part of disciple making, but not the same thing as disciple making. Let me explain. Discipleship is the normal process for Christians to get established and grow in their faith. Doing Bible study, attending classes, listening to sermons, being part of small groups, and doing personal devotions. Discipleship tends to be inward focused on your own spiritual growth. Think teaching and learning. That is traditional discipleship. Disciple making is seeing people trust in Christ and grow in him while at the same time equipping them to go back and help others repeat this process. Disciple making is outward focused. Think training and reaching out. Discipleship is part of disciple making. 
you trust in Christ, choose to follow him and grow in your faith, that is discipleship, while at the same time you reach new people for Christ, build them up in the faith and help them reach their peers, that's disciple making. Making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Discipleship is incomplete without disciple making. Jesus did not leave the option open for us to focus only on ourselves. Remember that Matthew 28 passage, go and make disciples? That is to everyone, including you and me. Here is one of my favorite examples to explain the difference. Did you see the movie Julie and Julia released in 2009? It portrays a young woman named Julie Powell who becomes a disciple of Julia Child through Mrs. Child's cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Julie P, the disciple, and Julia C, the teacher. As a disciple, Julie P studied the recipes and followed the procedures. She experienced the joy of cooking and eating delicious food as her teacher, Julia C, taught her through the book. In a sense, Julie Powell got to know Julia Child personally, though they never met. That is traditional discipleship. Now, Julie Powell did not keep her good cooking to herself. She wrote a blog, bringing others along with her. That blog later became a book, then the movie. Many women who may never have heard of Julia Child bought her book and started cooking through it because of Julie Powell's influence. I was tempted to do it. That is disciple making. While Julie Powell was following Julia Child as her disciple, she was also engaging and introducing others to Julia, sharing what she was learning so they could cook that way too. Julie was a follower and a disciple maker at the same time. Jesus' followers become disciple makers. But we get easily sidetracked from our disciple making commission. While in college, I was part of a campus ministry with a disciple making focus. Someone mentored me as I grew in my faith and she showed me how to share it with others. After college, I enjoyed community in various churches. I did lots of Bible studies, became a Bible study leader, and even trained others to lead Bible studies. Through the years of active church involvement, I lost connection with those who did not know Jesus. This happens so easily to church-going Christians. Were you a part of a disciple-making ministry in college? Or you have likely heard Matthew 28, 18 through 20 described as the Great Commission. So we know we're supposed to make disciples. We know our purpose, but often get sidetracked from it. Sometimes it is feelings of inadequacy or fear of rejection that will make us hold back and leave it to the professionals. We also get sidetracked by a lack of training and encouragement for lifestyle disciple making. About 10 years ago, I began to feel a restlessness. I recognized in myself that I was comfortable with growing as a Christian and enjoying community with other believers. And I realized that I had been focusing almost entirely on helping women get more Bible knowledge 
for about 30 years. We were feasting on great food. We were not bringing non-believers to the table. Growing believers is very important. It is essential. Discipleship should have a high priority in our churches and our own lives. But my church did not offer a course for new Christians to get them established in the basics of the Christian faith. Our women's ministry trained workers for leading Bible studies, but not for reaching the lost. There was no training for personally discipling new believers. There was no training for us to become disciple makers in our daily lives. We were encouraged to invite people to church so that they could hear what they needed there. Does that sound familiar to you? Jesus commissioned every one of us with the same purpose, to follow him as his disciples while living for him as disciple makers. When Jesus commissioned his disciples, they knew what he was asking them to do. They watched him. Then they were willing to bring that experience to the lost, hurting, and hopeless people they met. Those early disciples were no different as people than we are, except they physically beheld the risen Christ. We must see him through eyes of faith and allow the Gospels to leap off the page revealing our Lord. You and I must frequently read the Gospels, tell the stories, and watch movies as often and as needed to know his life well, because Christianity is Christ. Hooray for the recent disciple-making movement in evangelical Christianity. At last, there is something that draws mature Christian women with Bible knowledge, like you and I have, towards what Jesus had in mind for us all along. Intentional living to connect with non-believers, those who do not know Christ yet, and personally disciple new and growing believers both inside and outside the church. Jesus showed us how to do it. His example in the Gospels reveals to us that lifestyle disciple-making is an intentional, relational process flowing from our love for God and love from God for people. One day, according to Matthew chapter 22, a young lawyer asked Jesus what was the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God first. Out of that comes a love from God for people. Jesus' recorded ministry spanned about three and a half years. His life portrayed in the Gospels reveals an overall pattern to his ministry that he modeled to his disciples. He connected with people. He established his followers in God's truth. And he launched his committed followers out into the world to connect with and establish others for Christ. Jesus was intentional in what he did. To be intentional means to be deliberate. That includes doing things on purpose and to be strategic. Jesus was also relational in his ministry. To be relational means to be together. That includes spending time to listen, to talk, to know, and to be known. We can do that too. 
One of our biggest challenges to lifestyle disciple making is our experience and what we have seen done. We have become church dependent and pastor dependent to both share the gospel and make sure everyone gets taught the truth. Unless individual members are actually out there making disciples, then you have no disciple making going on. The building cannot do it. The website cannot do it. The church value statement cannot do it. Disciple making requires individuals to do it. That is what Jesus planned for us. He commissioned all of his followers to make disciples as part of their daily lifestyle. If you have already chosen to follow Jesus as his disciple and grow in him, you can pursue lifestyle disciple making by doing three things. Connecting with those who need to know Jesus. We will talk about that in episodes two through five. Establishing new and young believers in the truths of the faith. We will talk about that in episodes six through eight. And launch growing believers to connect with and establish their peers for Christ. We will cover that in episodes nine through 12. Dear listener, ask Jesus to give you his love for people that will lead you to be an intentional, relational disciple maker. And you can do this by faith. Jesus is with you every step of the way. You can become a disciple maker by faith in your personal life and already existing church life. Disciple making is a lifestyle. It is not a program. You can become a disciple maker by faith at any age or stage of life. Someone around you needs to know Jesus or to know him better. You can become a disciple maker by faith along any stage of your Christian growth. Whether you are just beginning or doing it for years, share what you already know. And you can become a disciple maker by faith because whatever Jesus calls you to do, he empowers you to do through his spirit. Say yes and jump in with both feet. Take the leap. Remember I said earlier that not every Christian woman will have a, some kind of a leadership position in the church? But every Christian woman, regardless of age, can become a disciple maker. Several years ago, a 92-year-old woman came to a Leap Into Lifestyle Disciple Making retreat. Then she went back to her retirement center and started a small discipleship group with some other women. You are never too old. All you and I need are the tools and encouragement to do so. I've been gathering the tools to use and am learning how to encourage others to make disciples who make disciples as Jesus did. Since Christianity is Christ, stay Christ-focused as you take the next steps. If you feel stuck in discipleship as I described above, Maybe the Lord Jesus Christ is making you restless, so you will be drawn to become a disciple maker too. Throughout this podcast series, I will be sharing resources to equip and encourage you so you can get unstuck in discipleship and pursue lifestyle disciple making. Trust him to lead you, then watch what he does. The first step toward lifestyle disciple making is to connect. We will talk about what that means in the next podcast. Join me for episode two. 
Follow Jesus as you leap into lifestyle disciple making. Jesus followers become disciple makers. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton and this is Series 17 of Satisfied.